0: Pizza, pizza, pizza time. The official pizza of the Shock Fantasy podcast is 7th Avenue Pizza. This is soda-style thin crust at its absolute best. It's not that crappy thin crust. It's solid crust integrity here. Not too thick, not too thin. The sauce was derived from an ancient recipe passed down from the Norse gods. And the cheese, oh, 100% primo cheese on these pies. You can pick your toppings as well. There's your conventional pepperoni or sausage, but there's also five cheese, Mexican, meatball, and pepperoni. Even a bacon cheeseburger za for you. My favorite, though, is the lucky seven. Italian sausage, pepperoni, beef, Canadian bacon, and three types of cheese. Dang it, my mouth is watering just talking about it. I might need to go fire up the oven and make myself one before the podcast. Find your 7th Avenue pizzas at High V Cub Foods, Lund's and Byerleys and Holiday Station Stores, and go follow them on Twitter, at 7th Avenue Pizza. Let them know Shock Fantasy steered you toward their amazing za. Now first off, how would we describe Shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous, completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a late night edition of the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. Thank you for listening to the super not interesting week three waiver wire podcast. It it's kind of a strange week. Week two was interesting because there weren't a lot of injuries and there weren't a lot of strange players stepping up that are kind of off the beaten path. So we'll do what we always do. And we'll start with a, uh, Todd heap memorial injury report. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. All right. It starts with Trey Lance who had uh, season ending ankle surgery and, uh, the injury looked benign from the outset, but once it got close, don't don't look at it. Just don't look at it, please. Uh, James Conner had an ankle injury as well, one that's not so severe. Uh, he did not return to the game in Vegas last weekend. Uh, it sounds like he might be ready to go this week, though. Jerry Judy left Sunday's game with a shoulder injury. I don't think they're expecting long-term effects there. Mike Evans was ejected from the Saints game and suspended for this week's game. That's not an injury, but it's something to take care of. And Dalton Schultz missed the final drive of the game with a knee injury. I think he'll be back, too. All right, let's start. On to the free agents. It's gross. It's ugly. Here it is. Quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's 58% rostered in sleeper leagues, uh, he's probably the marquee name in a very lackluster free agency week. Uh, Will he spark the offense in San Fran a bit? Yes, I think so. We know what to expect with Jimmy G at the helm. Uh, I think Debo will be fine. I think when George Kittle gets back, I think it's actually an improvement over Trey Lance. But will he suddenly be better than a middling fantasy quarterback? That's very unlikely. Uh, it's a two-quarterback super flex play only, as are the other two quarterbacks I'm going to mention. Uh, there's Denver, the Rams, Carolina, and Atlanta on the docket next for Jimmy G. And there's a few spot starts in there. I think, uh, I think you could go with Carolina and Atlanta for sure. Uh, so in Superflex leagues, you'll probably have to throw 13% on him to get yourself a share of Jimmy G. Stopping to take a sip of my Dos Equis with a lime because it's been a long day. Jared Goff outside the threshold at 73%, uh, but Goff should probably be closer to 90% rostered in most leagues that offer a super flex option. Uh, he's got his best offensive line ever. He's got some really talented weapons around him too. Amon Ross St. Brown looks awesome. And if he's going to get numbers, Goff's going to feed him. But Goff's playing within himself right now. Uh, That's a quarterback that can score you fantasy points in catch-up mode. Uh, He hasn't thrown for a ton of yardage, but has six touchdowns in the first two weeks, and that's something. Uh, Minnesota and Seattle in the next two weeks are both startable options. So if he's around in your league, which is 27% of leagues, throw 5% on Jared Goff. And then Joe Flacco is the last guy I'm going to mention. He's 39% rostered right now. Uh, Twin 307-yard performances to start the year. Last week, he threw four touchdown passes in the weirdest, best comeback in 20 years of NFL history. It was crazy. He's already thrown the ball 103 times in two weeks. That's a lot. That's halfway to what he threw in his last eight-game stint as a starter in Denver. He looks kind of fresh, but it won't be too long until Zach Wilson is back. He's on the horizon. You could probably start Joe Flacco against the Bengals this week and maybe against Miami in week five if Flacco lasts long enough. But uh, I think Wilson's probably going to be the starter in that week five game. Uh, if If he's something you want on your team, $2 is probably all it should take to get Joe Flacco. Moving on. Running back. One of the weakest running back weeks I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we're going to start with the Cardinals running back duo of Daryl Williams, who's 54% owned, and Eno Benjamin, who's 71% owned. Uh, with Connor's injury not deemed serious, this should be a backfield that either Williams and Benjamin split for maybe a game, or possibly they're worried about James Connor, a back who has lots of health issues in the past. And then Williams and Benjamin could start factoring in a little bit more here. Uh, Williams saw 10 touches, 62 yards and a score last week. Eno had 11 touches and 51 yards. That's a pretty even split, and it wouldn't surprise me if this backfield suddenly became a three-headed monster, which is just gross for fantasy. Uh, in in my mind, it's kind of time to maybe sell James Conner, but I don't know. Uh, I don't really want any of the Cardinals, though. Uh, I've I've been kind of off the whole Cardinals offense, and it hasn't quite really burned me yet. Uh, Since Williams scored last week, he'll probably cost you 6% if you want him, but I wouldn't bid more than $2 for either of these guys. The other running back is Jarek McKinnon. It's the only other back worth mentioning, mostly because he scored a receiving touchdown last week. So far, it's been Clyde's backfield for the most part, with McKinnon as the first option and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, coming in during blowout situations, at least how, that's how it was in week one. He barely got any work in week two. I'd guess Pacheco's probably the more desired player from a handcuff standpoint, but McKinnon might be the guy getting more looks of Clyde Falters just because of his veteran presence. He's probably worth a couple bucks in deeper leagues, like two to three. Let's move on to the next position. Wide receiver. Noah Brown is 35% rostered. Second team quarterback and a second team wide receiver having that romance. You know, it's not unheard of, but it rarely works. Usually because when that second tier quarterback enters the game, usually because of injury, there's a lot better wide receivers on the depth chart and he doesn't get to throw to his buds. But there's no one in front of Noah Brown on the depth chart right now outside of CeeDee Lamb. After nine targets in week one. Oh, wait. Nine times. Nine times. Uh, Noah Brown had five catches and 68 yards in week one. He caught all five of his targets that came his way in week two, tallying 91 yards and a score. The Giants and Washington are in in the next two weeks. Both, I think, are startable moments for Brown, so I'll throw four bucks on him, even in a $100 cap. He's probably the best pickup of the week. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Nelson Aguilar is 36% rostered. I feel like we've played this record before though. Here we go. Six for 110 and one last week was impressive as it was against the Steelers. That's pretty good. But what's even more impressive is his quarterback has not looked good at all. Jacoby Myers is the clear 1A on this team, but Aguilar is out targeting Devante Parker by a ton right now. It's because Parker's not very good at creating separation. And I guess Aguilar still has a little bit of wiggle. So If you want the number two wide receiver, which is probably Nelson Aguilar, in a Mac Jones, Bill Belichick run first offense, by all means, throw your money away at Aguilar, and 4% will probably do it. Uh, Bucks wide receivers, Brashad Perriman, who's 7% rostered, and Cole Beasley, who's surprisingly 20% rostered. Yes, Cole Beasley just signed to the Tampa Bay practice squad this week. Uh, He's enough of a veteran that... With all the injuries and weird stuff going on in Tampa, it's possible that he could even go this week. Uh, we also have Mike Evans on suspension, and I'm guessing that the team's not feeling good about the prospects of Chris Godwin or Julio Jones playing this weekend. So Perriman will probably be a starter along the outside against Green Bay, where he'll draw Jair Alexander for most of this week's game, where I guess... Uh, yeah, this is all gross. I, I Why would you start Brashad Perriman Against Jair Alexander, I don't think you're going to do that. I know Jefferson torched them, but if either of those guys are Justin Jefferson, please let me know. Uh, Either of these bucks, if you want them on your roster, should only cost you two bucks. Greg Dortch, 56% rostered over the last two weeks. Dortch, man, my plurals are getting screwed up here. Over the last two weeks, Dortch. Dorch has seen 91% and 71% snap counts. With Rondale Moore's status still in doubt, Dorch has seen the field a ton. Problem is that the upcoming matchups look horrible for Dorch. And soon thereafter, DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Dorch is a great story, but soon to be an afterthought. No bid on Greg Dorch. I don't know why I just like to say his name like that Ashton Doolin speaking of afterthoughts how about an afterthought? thought yeah Ashton Doolin filled in as the de facto number one wide receiver for the Colts who are missing Michael Pittman and Alec Pearson week two and the Colts ended up scoring zero points against the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm just including this in filler for the podcast right now there's no reason I should be talking about Ashton Doolin and don't you dare make a bed bid, bid, not bed, bid on him this week, man, I got to end this tight end. Luckily there's only one tight end on the, uh, old docket today. And that's Tyler Conklin. Who's 54% rostered. He's about it. That's available. That is kind of interesting at tight end this week. It was kind of a bad week for tight ends overall as Ross Dwelly was the fourth highest scoring tight end in standard scoring last week with one target, one catch. 38 yards and a score. Anyway, Conklin saw nine targets. Ooh, wait. Yeah. Nine times. Nine times. From Joe Flacco, who we mentioned is furiously throwing the ball lately. He caught six of those nine targets. Nice. Nice. For only 40 yards, but the targets is what you're fishing for if you're looking for tight ends here. And Tyler Conklin seems to be earning them from Joe Flacco right now. That is it. That is the week three horrible waiver wire podcast. I'm sorry that I didn't give you some awesome guys to find and help your team this week, but it's just a bad week. There's not, there's not a lot of interesting things coming on the wire and mostly because most of everybody's players stayed healthy through week two. That's a pretty, pretty big improvement over uh week one. All right. Thank you for listening. Matt Harrison at explosive output on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow as we preview the Thursday night football game.